and welcome back to another wonderful podcast, Advising One-on-One. Oh my goodness, as always, my name is James Cabanis and our wonderful uh, co-host, Emily. Hello, welcome back, everyone. And, and let's start yeah, the show. Yeah, co-host. Oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the wonderful, you excellent- forgot to talk about the brain. Emily. No. Oh, yes, that's me. No, hi, Professor Scott. Scott. Yes, hello, Emily. <laughs> We're glad you're here, or I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank I'm you, glad you're you. here, too. But as always, the Advising One-on-One podcast crew coming back with another wonderful episode. We are excited to see you, or at least, you know, hear you out there. We love the feedback that you're giving on our wonderful social media. So please keep hitting us up on the wonderful socials. Um, today's episode is really a great head banger or how can I say a money spender, cash cow, you name it. Today's topic is really talking about, you know, uh, student loans, grants. Uh, you know, what about student loans and debts? What about scholarships and grants? Everybody talks about these wonderful ways and to access and, and achieve these resources of getting scholarships and getting grants and paying for school and racking up debt. And, but nobody tells you where they are. And so today we're gonna to talk about student loans and debt and, and uh, grants and, and just how to pay for college and some of the challenges and some of the resources to really help you. And I think this uh, topic is very timely at a time right now where uh, there are several debates going on whether to provide you know, $10,000 worth of loan forgiveness, $50,000 worth of loan forgiveness. And with the current uh, structure or the current uh, data showing that individuals, um, when you break down the debt, uh, according to 2020 uh, Department of Education uh, statistics, 24 and younger uh, group have roughly around $115 billion uh, worth of debt and 25 to 34 age bracket have $500 billion worth of debt and 35 to 49 has $601 billion. And pretty much the, the great group that escapes all of this is 62 and older with $86.8 billion of debt. And as we know, this debt can have a long lasting impact on students' ability after graduation to buy a car, to buy a house, and to do, do those wonderful things, uh, you know, you're looking at debt to income. So today we're going to talk about the debt situation uh, and then also what are some opportunities to combat that. So with the 10 minute intro being completed, what are y'all thoughts? <laughs> well, after that, we are in depth with you. <laughs> this, is, this topic is really, really heavy and it touched everyone. I'm still paying some student loans and even though I just did a couple of graduate classes. So I imagine those people who have done like a four year completely, uh, how deep is that debt? That it will go like till the end, they get married and have kids and they might still be paying for that. Yeah, the average person holds about $32,000 worth of debt. That's a new car. Yeah, yeah, it's a new car, it's a down payment on a house, it's a lot of things. And so, yes. you know, do when, when we talk about debt and things of that nature, do we as advisors and professors, you know, I, I, this is a very controversial question I want to ask, do we do a good job of helping our students to find unique ways to avoid debt? 
Well, that, that's tricky. Emily, you start. You're the advisor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he put the hard know, question think, on you. <laughs> um, I think, you know, within the Office of TRIO programs, a lot of programs now are having positions that focus specifically on financial literacy uh, and to help students understand some of the, the jargon and language that surrounds student debt and student loans. So I do think we're, we're getting there. We're certainly making progress. I'll admit there's still a lot of avenues for scholarships and grants that I'm sure I'm not aware of. Um, of course, we do the best we can and we, we share the resources when we learn of them, but some of that stuff is hard to find and those resources can be hard to navigate. Well, I remember about, now that you say that, I remember about one student that had a scholarship from Coca-Cola. And, but you asked me how that student got that scholarship. I can't tell you. I just know that the student was very, very smart. And, uh, but sometimes it's information that the students don't have. James, you remember, at, at the community college, we have the educational foundation that they help them with uh, expenses that they have for college, for tuition. And also we have the dual enrollment. That's one way that people are saving a lot of money for college too. But I don't know after that, after they finish their two years, how high that uh, or how much they might spend when they go to a four-year college, what they transfer. And yeah, I, I don't think we, honestly, I, I know this may sound bad. I know I'm, I'm going to be ready for the social media uh, uh, whipping, um, but I don't think we do a good job as it relates to helping our students understand the debt that they're in taking. And I think when it comes to financial literacy, we as advisors um, in particular, um, I know our plates are already full as it is to the gills of trying to help them do well academically. But I really think that, you know, if we are able to help college students understand, hey, if you fail this class, hey, if you have to stay here an extra year, hey, this is what you're looking at at the cost, then I think that could be a great tool for us to use to help motivate students. I think a lot of times when we go to different institutions, I know several institutions I've been at, we don't really pass out the information to one another as advisors, really about what scholarships are available internally, how to access them, as well as external scholarships. Um, there are tons of books out there, but we really don't have that conversation. The conversations that are typically built around many four-year institutions is primarily centered around what system you're using, how to operate that system, to pull up transcripts, to pull up a schedule, to register a student, how to get them access to tutoring, um, but not necessarily about scholarships. And when many of our students are coming into our offices, sitting in front of us, and you know they're coming from a single-family home or first-generation student, and they're like, I, my mom and dad, they can't pay for college. They're not making enough money. I got to work an extra job. We hear these, thing, hear these things, but we don't really have enough tools to really help them. So I really think we don't necessarily do a great job. And I know sometimes it may, some people may say, well, it's financial aid's job, but we have the student in front of us right then and there. When, I don't know how far financial aid we will go with that. And maybe sometimes we're not informed uh, pretty well about those scholarships. Somebody, uh, somebody else has to. That's what I'm inform, saying. Uh, uh, I mean, like, uh, as an advisor or as a professor, do we have to find out of those opportunities? That's that's the questions that I have, and uh, I can tell you about from my view at the community college. 
that I encourage my students for the educational foundation. But away from that, the only things that I can tell them is just Google on the internet mm -hmm. about what scholarships you can apply for. And I found out once that there were a lot of scholarships of many different kinds. Sometimes it, you might say it's not a, a, a lot of money, but sometimes they give scholarship of $2,000 just because of grades. Mm -hmm. uh, you have good grades, then you might get it. And, uh, but the thing is doing the research and where to find accurate information. And also, are you as a student willing to do the steps to get those scholarships? Right. But I, yeah. I mean, you, you, we're talking about is the student willing to do it, but we don't even know or have the information to help them. And they're scared to do it. I mean, they, they don't know. They, some of the students never filled out a scholarship before. And we're just oh, saying, wow. hey, yeah, go to this site. Hey, go to that site. Look at it. it. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And I just don't think it's fair for our students. And I think we have to do a better job. And I, and I think that's where, you know, as professors, my feeling is, is that us working together, where you don't have to necessarily be the expert as a professor to know what scholarships are out there, you know, but at least forward them to us and then we can help them, you know, if we're better equipped. Well, yes, uh, Emily, you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you, James. And I think I, I agree to a certain extent that like, sure, we could do a better job, but what are you proposing? Like, how do we do a better job? How do we get the information to then give to our students? Because it's not always easily accessible, even for us. There are, and I'm glad you asked that. There are tons of uh, internal scholarships that different departments have called emergency funds uh, mm -hmm. that, to buy books, to pay for tuition. And if you're not in the know, you don't know that. Uh, one, oh. I had a parent call me from, that was for a child that was going to another school. And I shared with him, I said, hey, talk to the vice president of uh, Dean of Students, uh, Vice President of uh, Enrollment Management and, and the Dean of Students. They have money available. If you tell them the situation, they will find money. And they didn't know that. And had I not told them what to do at their institution, they would have been lost without an opportunity or access. And they would have pulled their child out, child would have gone to community college, or either not go to school at all. And it's because there's certain nuances as if it's a, it's a private club that you have to know these things. And if you don't know them, you won't be able to better assist your students. So I think we need to be more transparent with different colleges who have those emergency funds. We need to have our uh, financial aid office share, whether it's a link online, whether it's a book that, they, that we can print out. Uh, when I worked at Norfolk State University, they actually had a book that they printed out of all the internal scholarships for each department, each person. Oh. It was perfect. And then they had some list of local communities uh, that provided scholarships like churches and uh, social organizations. And that was very helpful to me and beneficial to me. Uh, students can also go to what is called the collegeboard.org uh, online where they can look up scholarships. It's a great tool. Uh, many, matter of fact, students go there anyway if they have an AP class and they need to pull out their uh, test scores or if they wanna do the PSAT in high school and they can actually do a search through the college board to find scholarships that are available and meet their needs. So there's tons of things, but we, again, it goes back to educating and making it accessible to advisors. 
Okay, but how you get educated? Uh, I'm coming, uh, Emily, your questions. <laughs> how can you become educated? How do you become educated about that emergency fund? That, for example, I know about the educational foundations because I support them. I donate a little bit, uh, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of millions. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> people just tooting their own horn I tell you <laughs> like a professor but, taking all the credit <laughs> but I I, I, far, I know about them just because of that and I know about the emergency fund that they have but did you get that information because you were curious about it you found it in some place how do you find out that information it was and so long ago back in 1982 huh It was so long ago, back in 1982, I forgot. Nah. <laughs> um, honestly, I really, honestly, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I think, I think it was a little bit of me asking questions and asking around, and just through okay. the experience of working, and working at at Norfolk State University at HBCU, knowing the deans of those different colleges, kind of learning the experiences where no one taught me this, but by asking questions, um, that helped me out. Or listening, hearing somebody else's conversation and learning, but it wasn't actually a straightforward, hey, here's financial resources, here's how to help students. And again, yeah. my thing is, we need to have a place where advisors can go to get this information, especially new advisors, seasoned advisors, but people need to know, but for some reason, it seems like it's, it's a, a exclusive country club that no one wants to share that information. Yeah, which is so bizarre. I mean, really, wouldn't you want just to give that money to any student? Maybe not, but I would think like share the money if you have it. Let's get it to the hands of the people who need it to help them stay and persist at institutions. Right, and and honestly, I'm speaking from a general perspective of my experiences. Yeah. Um, but and, and but my experience has been very, I would say, similar in the terms of uh, access and understanding of where scholarships are and money exists and so far outside of you know working at hbcu um it, it's really hard to find and put your hands on money to help students and just like you know there's textbook scholarships that you know, the local bookstore they they give money they have money set aside to help some students and students don't know that and you know we can't fully support students if we don't know this stuff mm -hmm. Well, in my college, we have SDB classes, and I think in part of the SDB classes is educate students to navigate those things that can help them to uh, be, become financial, in, fin in financial liter uh, literacy, oh my goodness. <laughs> they help them, they educate them with that part and also with scholarships, but One of the biggest issues that I will tell you that sometimes we find that students don't even think that they need that class. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Uh, you feel that you don't need that class, even though you might learn a lot, like habits of learning, habits of, of how to spend your money, how to spend your time. And uh, but they say, oh, no, I'm grown up. I don't have time for this. And, and, and that makes it a little bit more difficult, you see, uh, in a way. And I understand what you said, that we, there should be a place that we all could go and find out, hey, if you have students with uh, uh, financial difficulties to continue college, they can apply for this and this and this, like a big uh, list 
of those donors that can help those students to be successful. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I know that financially, you know, they have their list and things of that nature. Um, but it would just be helpful, you know, if, if we could get more access to that. And especially, like I said, just the community part of it, um, I, I think would be helpful as well. But you uh, advisors, don't you guys uh, work uh, sometimes closer to financial aid than we do as professor? Or that's my misunderstanding. It's interesting, you know, at some schools where I've worked, I, I would say, yeah, we definitely work closer. Uh, I think it's really also institutional culture. Like at my school now, we have some interaction with financial aid. And I will say we have a, a good partnership. We have a liaison that helps us specifically for first generation students, how to find them money. So yes, I think we work quite closely in that way, but I've worked at plenty of other schools where there is not any communication. They're quite separate entities altogether. Like you do the money and I get them in classes and there's not really much interaction, even though I, I think there really could be. Uh, I've seen be the both, both sides of that. Because normally uh, in my situations, I rely, <laughs> I don't want to say that because James's head is going to grow bigger now, but I rely a lot on the, my advisor, on the advisor of my department in terms of uh, financial aid and stuff like that, because I really don't know those things. And normally uh, advisors, you guys know more things than we do. Uh, I'm sorry, you said what? You, know, you said what? Again, you can you repeat that statement? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I didn't want to say it, but I have to be honest. <laughs> but they know about the institutions that I worked and they also know on the institutions that students will go and, and what can they find. And, and it, it is something that I rely. Maybe uh, uh, my advisors, our advisors are really, really good so that we can go and ask them even about financial aid. And uh, maybe others are not so connected to financial aid like the one we have. Yeah. Well, you know, what are some sites and scholarships and what are some suggestions and tips to help, you know, advisors and professors listening to our podcast? What are some advice, suggestions, tips, websites that, you know, they can go to to discover more uh, scholarships or access to scholarship. What are some things that they can do? What are some things y'all found um, successful? Well, one of the things that Department of Education is, is a good one because they have the federal student aid and mm -hmm. there they can find a lot of aid that can help them to do that. And I, you mentioned College Board. College Board is very, is very good for that. In the past, uh, but I try to research it, but it's not working. I don't know if they changed their names, but there was one that it was a scholarships.com. Mm -hmm. It used to be very, very good, but I, I try to uh, research it now, but I couldn't find it as the way that it was before. You can't use AOL to find these things. <laughs> it's a good browser anyway. <laughs> and there's another one that I found that is advisors, advisors, and the, that size provide a lot of things for a student. Uh, by the way, they should give us something in return because we're giving them promotions here, but they have uh, scholarships. They offer grants. They talk about student loans 
and they help them with applications too. So those are the ones that I found mm -hmm. that are uh, very useful for students to look for some money. I rely mostly, honestly, I always encourage students to talk to the faculty within their department. Uh, and I have found a lot of success in that, that sometimes departments specifically have uh, donors who have donated to help students who are up and coming in that specific major or um, school, if you will. So like the School of Education or the business school will have specific majors, especially if you're a junior or a senior, which seems to be a prerequisite for a lot of those. Um, that could be a really great starting point. And we've said financial aid, but I would circle back to that. You know, sometimes it is just asking the question of, do we have a database of scholarships that we can apply for? I know where I currently work, ours opens every March 1st and it's scholarship season. So a lot of students get support uh, and find scholarship aid through through different systems like that. Yeah, and I know for me, um, I pretty much try to, I tell them look at local uh, fraternities and sororities, such as this is one uh, great fraternity that I know that does a really good job with providing scholarship to students is Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, excellent organization that provides money and resources to students with scholarships, as well as, you know, uh, ch local churches, uh, look at different social clubs, such as, you know, uh, Boy Scouts of America, Girl Scouts of America. Um, uh, you also look at, I tell many of my students to look at the jobs that they are working uh, part-time, especially over the summer. Best Buy has a scholarship for their students. Enterprise will give a scholarship. Walmart. Uh, like, as you mentioned. Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah, Indeed. Starbucks. See? So check out the local places that you work and, and inquire about their scholarship. Um also, I try to help my students as far as getting internships as a way to pay for their student loan debt. Uh, there are some paid internships that will you know, pay you over the summer, even house you, and use that money to actually uh, pay for your school. Not only are you learning more about the field that you, you want to get into and build a, a network, so you, one day when you graduate, you can go in there, but also you're making some extra funds uh, to actually pay for college. So I try to do all those things because, you know, I try to tell my students and help my students understand that it's a lot of debt. And, you know, doing the student student loan, uh, you know, the, the financial aid piece, it's so easy to get the money. And it's you really can fly through those questions and, you know, you don't really understand it. You just accept, accept, accept. And you don't know what it means, subsidized, unsubsidized. So I really try to get my students to push on the scholarships first. Uh, how do you how do y'all help? Uh, you know, students really develop that scholarship, you know, because well, like, like you said, Professor Scott, it's, it's hard and difficult. You know, they don't want to apply. So like, how do you help them? That, that's one thing that I, that I found that I, it requires that they have to spend some time researching on the internet. Mm -hmm. I said, it's just like looking for a job. I said, looking for a job is, an, is another job that you have without pay. Right. Uh, because you need you need to find out uh, just now with Google, the way that you search the web, you will find a lot of information. It's up to you uh, and your interest to find the, the one that you need. You just have to say, like, for example, financial uh, uh, scholarships for teachers. And if you say uh, uh, scholarship for teachers, that will be. Uh, you will find a bunch of information uh, that 
will help will help the students to pay for college. There's a teach grant. There's a teach grant. So I, I, I would like I would like to see if, if we can find teachers, more teachers. We need more teachers and right. um, less advisors. So more teachers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but uh, there's a teach grant uh, uh, that you can, they can pay complete college for you to teach many times in areas that they need, they have scarcity of teachers that they need. So they will pay for your whole, uh, your whole, uh, college degree. Student aid is that gov is a very good one. That one they can find information from the government on how to mm -hmm. help themselves to pay for those scholarships. One thing is that I think as a professor that we can do is encouraging them and make one example one day and say like, okay, uh, James, do you want to be an advisor? Okay, uh, Emily, you want to be a doctor? Let's see. Let's do a research today. Um, scholarships for uh, students who wants to become doctors. So, and you start researching with them, and you ask them, encourage them, uh, which one it will be the best one, and from there they they start doing the search. But sometimes they just need like a little push to yeah. get them on. the the road to to the things that they want to get. I agree with you, you know, and I also would say that if you are an advisor or a faculty, I would say, you know, offer to be a recommendation, right? So offer to write that letter. Sometimes our students where I work currently, they don't want to go through the process because they don't have someone who would write a letter of recommendation for them. So that's something that faculty or staff alike could be that first person to say, I think you have a lot of great skills and strengths and I want to help you. Let me write a letter on your behalf. And most of the time, once you write one or two of those recommendation letters, you'll start to find a template that works for you to help other students. But I would say as staff and faculty alike, that could be uh, a big help for a student looking for some financial support. That's correct. I remember, I know James, that you're gonna give your opinion now, but I remember <laughs> that one day I have one students in my office and I didn't know about one university that we have here up north. And that student was asking me about how he, uh, how he could be, uh, uh, how could he pay for college? Uh, because it's, it was gonna be very, very expensive. And uh, what we found out, it was uh, that I just told him, go there, ask them because you're part of uh, a group uh, a minority, so you might be able to get that. And the students went and he get a very good scholarship, just going there and his grades and everything. It was good because they found uh, things that could help them to pay for college. So I think it's just, just telling them and encouraging them to go and just knock on their doors and that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think um, one of the other pieces that's important, you know, like Emily said, I definitely agree with her. Getting our students, helping them understand, just write one, like one paragraph or one, one letter or whatever, uh, 
paper for that particular scholarship and just learn how to change it up in certain areas to meet that particular scholarship need. You just do it one time, one paper, get it done, over with, and then just adjust. And I, and I think um, working with um, the writing center to uh, get them to look over it, make sure it meets all the points, I think that is also helpful. Um, because, and I want students out there, and I think we, it's important for us to also reiterate to students that scholarships aren't just for those who have the highest GPA. It's, you know, scholarships are out there for those who have a certain G, uh, major or those who may have had a, a parent that, uh, because there's a triple A scholarship for a woman over 40 and there's no GPA requirement. There's a scholarship that's out there for if you're left-handed, left-handed. Yeah. I win every time, but left-handed <laughs> scholarships. So I think we also need to kind of encourage our students who may feel like I applied for 10 scholarships and I didn't hear from any of them. Encourage them to say, hey, keep going, don't stop. And you know, I think that really helps our students too. Yeah, definitely. And I have to give a shout out to the federal work study program. Uh, a lot of schools have so many positions that they can fund with federal work study that sometimes you just have to ask, can I have a job? And as long as you qualify for federal work study, you can have a job that's you know, from the government and a type of aid, and you can put that towards your college expenses. And it got me through college and I think could be a really great way to learn some skills, network with some people and, and make some money while you're at it. And I will also say we need to support our financial aid office because you, as you mentioned with federal work study, there's also the FAFSA and the FAFSA comes out uh, October 1st of every year where students can start applying for it. And I know, you know, there are tons of clinics on everyone's campus that helps uh, individuals, as long as they bring their tax information, that help them apply for it. And mm -hmm. so I think we need to continue as advisors to support uh, those initiatives with financial aid and, and definitely encourage our students to do it. And definitely, especially those uh, students whose parents may be scared or, you know, they don't know where certain documents is, are. Uh, I think it's important for us to do work over Quest, uh, if we can, to help parents understand exactly what documents are going to be needed, what dates are important, and then reiterate that to just the parents and let them know why it's important and why it matters. And that if they apply early for uh, for the financial aid to FAFSA, then they can get access to some free money by doing it early as opposed to waiting to the end. And then they'll get less money and it'll be more grant-based. I mean, not grant-based, but loan-based at that point. I think also what we have to do is when we're looking at our students, um, we have to help our students understand what it means to be SAPT or the satisfactory, uh, satisfactory Academic Progress Plan, where if they don't maintain a certain uh, number of credits or if their GPA falls below a certain point, that it can impact their financial aid and where they have to write a letter of appeals to get their financial aid back. And you know, so we have to help educate our students about those types of things because that first semester, they're like, ah, everything's great. And then all of a sudden, oh, Peel, what? Huh? I thought I had my money. Oh, well, you're, you know, you're not meeting those numbers, so you're going to have to uh, write an appeal. And I think it's important for us as advisors to help them since they see us more than anybody else, I think, on campus. Because um, they run from Professor Scott, so I know they see us more than anybody else. <laughs> so it's important for us to kind of help remind those students. Well, uh, that's one thing that I will tell you that I have heard some of my colleagues that they were talking about how difficult sometimes is navigating uh, financial aid and everything. And sometimes first generation students, 
it, it, they find it really hard even to fill out the facts that mm -hmm. they find it really, really hard. So what is sometimes for us that easy is not that easy. When I did it, uh, 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 when I asked for the loan, just to fill out the application, it took me some time and I'm working in education. Yeah. So I, 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 it looks easy, but it's not. Uh, it, it is not easy that much. No, I totally agree. It's not easy. Anything we can do. And I think, you know, as a, an educational system, I could see in the future a position being dedicated on every campus to help people find money, help people find ways to pay for their education. I would really like to see that on college campuses more and more. I think with the, we had talked last week about how we agree that it's worth the the amount of money you pay to get a college degree but how can we help offset that and make it in a way that's accessible to more and more people and not leave students in a pickle when they leave the institution yeah i agree and you know on that note uh there, there are some wonderful things to really help students uh alleviate that debt um you know right now i think students if they go into the peace corps for instance and they give uh, roughly, I believe it's like two years of service or four years of service, then, you know, the government will go ahead and forgive their debt. Also, you, there, you have the student loan forgiveness program working at a public institution or working for the uh, federal government. Um, you work there for 10 years, have 10 years worth of timely payments, and they'll forgive the remaining um, part or portions of your um, debt if you work for the government or if you work for like a nonprofit. Um, there's also the uh, income-based repayment where, you know, the government will uh, only require you to pay like 10% of your income um, each month. Um, they'll calculate your pay uh, payment repayment on 10 months, uh, 10%. And then um, you do that for 10 years and your debt is wiped away. So there's some things that I think as we're looking at this being a trillion dollar debt uh, issue that I think they recognize that people need the education. Um, the question is just how do we help? Because right now it is hurting and impacting consumer spending uh, and, and being able to grow as an individual after college. And so it has our students questioning, is it worth it? You know? Yeah. Yes. And mostly when you end up with a big debt. So you start thinking a lot about that, how worth it it would be. Exactly. Well, great. This was a great topic, great conversation, a lot of great uh, material to help our listeners out there uh, understand more about the subject. And I learned a lot uh, from Emily. So thank you so much. Um, oh, and I hope to gain, no, of course, and I hope to gain more knowledge uh, from Professor Scott in the future as we go on. Um, so thank you. <laughs> uh, with that being said, as always, it has been a pleasure having the conversation. Please hit up on our socials. We want to hear from you. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about the wonderful resources your school has. So please let us know where are some scholarships that you go to that you find that you uh, navigate our students, your students towards. Please let us know. Remember, we are a community. We are a family. We know some things, but you know a lot more. And so we want to hear from you. So until then, talk to you later. Have a great week. Peace.